What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Plate Stack Chat. As always, you've got myself, Tom, Sam, and Jason, and we're delighted to have with us again Hunter McIntyre. Hunter, welcome back to the Plate Stack. Yeah, baby, round two. <laughs> how how is how is the the cabin in the woods? Is it four thousand feet? <laughs> Uh, 5,000 feet at, give me an extra grand, baby. Um, I've almost made it through all of my drinks and I'm chilly for some reason. It's in my bones. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, well, hopefully let's, let's heat things up a bit with this week's discussion. Yeah. So, um, come on, baby, know, let's get started. Uh, something really, something that's always topical, always raises eyebrows, always has people throwing opinions around, um, probably within many fitness spheres, definitely within the kind of like functional fitness and, and CrossFit spheres is, PEDs, performance enhancing drugs. It's especially topical right now because we have uh, Ricky Garrard coming back from a four-year ban and there's a lot of opinion. There's a lot of coverage of that, both from the brand themselves, but also from kind of like media in the space. Um, there's mixed views on that. Hunter, I know yourself, you kind of touched on this topic on a recent podcast with Savan. Um, First of all, I will say if people want to listen to that podcast, they absolutely should, because uh, I think it's a wild listen. So uh, thanks for kind of all the stories you shared on that and for then coming on with us. What I'm going to start with as a, you know, I did, I had a quick look is that there was an article on the morning chalk up for anyone that doesn't know that's a kind of independent news outlet um, with, that serves the, the functional fitness and CrossFit space. September 10th, it announced that two more athletes had tested positive for performance enhancing drugs bringing the total of games level athletes that are tested positive to eight for this season, the 2021 season. I did a quick bit of maths and there was around 700 and just over 700 athletes at the games this year. So that's over 1%, you know, when you consider teams and everyone, all the masters and divisions. So I guess for me, I'm like, is, is is that a lot i don't know a lot about other sports to be like that's that's a lot um is that an appropriate statistic um is the outrage that the community fires individuals appropriate or is it kind of uh you know something else so that that that's a that's a layup and i'm happy for, for uh hunter as i mentioned you you, you start to touch on this topic with savan and one of the reasons uh we thought it'd be a great topic to, to kind of bring you back for well, you know, first and foremost, I think like sports are just like, it's, it's one of these kind of things where you want to strive to be your best. And it's, it's a line of competitive talent um, versus talent, uh, hard work applied and then versus uh, ethics applied. And I think people have to look at it as like a three headed dragon in the way that you can't ever look at sport in one thing. Like the most talented person in the room doesn't always necessarily win. Most a really talented person could go up against somebody who is a little bit unethical and cheat a little bit and find a way to cut array around it. And, you know, PEDs are a substance that can be included in that. Um, and it's tough. Like, you know, with the statistic you just said, I think everyone has to understand not all of those 700 athletes were mm -hmm. tested unless they have paperwork to actually show it, which I know they didn't. Um, I can't guarantee it, but I just know the times that I went and competed, not everyone's getting tested. It is a random drug testing thing. And I think the really important thing you really need to look at is how many athletes were tested versus how many athletes tested positive. That's probably the most important thing pe people should recognize. Like you just threw out two random mm -hmm. numbers and it's misleading 
me being like, you know, there's like, you know, kind of like the COVID things. They're like, hey, you know, millions of people got COVID this year. I'm like, well, you know, amongst how many people, there's 8 billion people on the planet. That's not like a very big ratio. So like, if you think about things logically, you always have to look at the two numbers involved versus the people tested versus the people that actually had it. So like, I can tell you, we don't get nearly as uh, tested nearly as frequently in our sport, you know, once a year, likely we've only ever had one athlete pop for technically performance enhancing drugs. And he got tagged for DHEA instead of DHA. He thought that he had bought the joint supplement DHA and he bought DHEA and it's a banned substance. It's one of those kind of things where it's like, if you took too much vitamin C, it's technically considered a banned substance, but he kind of got flagged for something stupid. Um, Whereas a lot of the people that are getting flagged in this sport um, are blaming it on tainted horse meat and have like crazy amounts of, you know, SARMs in their bloodstream, which, you know, I think is clearly an obvious uh, performance enhancing, you know, product. Right. Is that clear? Uh, that, that and, is and clear. I, and yeah. I, I, first of all, and I'm going to hand over to Jason or, or Sam, um, is that I absolutely agree on it's about making sure you have the right, like it's a fraction, right? The right numerator and the right denominator. So that's number to test positive versus the number that have been tested. And not necessarily either or both of those numbers are ever reported clearly you know regardless of the sport right you know maybe it's better in other sports and that's a whole other kind of like discussion which we may get into is around kind of like how uh, a you know drugs testing is is executed and and kind of done but i absolutely agree so no, thanks hunter that it's got to be the right numbers that you're you're you're, you're kind of stating i actually probably have been drug tested more than any other crossfitter in the entire world and that's because i went to rehab and I understand very, at a very high level how easy it is to get by these tests because I perfected it while I was in rehab. And I'm not trying to say that so that you guys think that I'm cheating um, in my sport, but it's, it's easy also to get by these tests. Um, it's, if you know kind of like the half-life of something, like I found out that I was unable, to, if, if I drank booze that created some kind of, um, what do you call those things? I don't know what the heck it's called. I'm losing the scientific term for it but it created some kind of chemical inside of my stomach and the gut lining every single time I drank booze. So it showed that I was drinking booze within a 70 hour window, I believe it was. So it was just under three days. And so if I drank just beyond that and sobered up just beyond that, I would no longer get popped. You just learn these things. Like all of these things kind of have shelf lives. And so I want you guys to know that like, even though there are a lot of people getting caught, there's also a lot of people that are skating by, and I'm not saying it's specific to that of CrossFit. Like we, if you ever watched the movie um, Icarus, there's entire like countries behind the opportunity of getting performance enhancing drugs inside of people at the highest level so that they can perform at the highest level. And that's where I originally introduced the conversation of talent versus ethics versus applied uh, effort. And, you know, there's people that are always going to try to skate by and find opportunities for working less to get more. So it's interesting that you bring up like the Icarus documentary, because when you watch that and you see the way like the the, the mechanism they have in place, it's like Ocean's Eleven or James Bond or something, the way they are kind of getting the samples so they can swap them so that they can have clean samples, things like that. One of the things I found fascinating listening to the Ricky Garrard interview um, on the, the CrossFit Games podcast was when he was talking about the test he took and, you know, like, the, and, and he was specifically asked, did they watch you actually pee in the cup? 
And he's like, well, no, they were, you know, they were kind of in the room in the area, but they didn't actually watch me. Uh, you know, somebody was able to take like a bottle it. it so I, I think there's, there's like that, there's the stats on paper, like Tom mentioned before, 700 athletes. Uh, how many did you say popped? Sorry. Um, eight was on that article, September 10th. Um, eight. Okay. So like, but again, but again, how many, athletes, how many of that 700 athletes were tested, right? Well, well, that's it. So it's then how many of them were tested? Then how many of them that were tested maybe could have used various different ways to get around a test? And then, so then the, the, you know, the ones that did pop, you start thinking, well, if that's just a percentage that got caught, that got tested, surely like it would be an incredible coincidence if the only people that were taking something were also the only people that got tested, that were also the only people that didn't have anyone advise them how to cycle off of something or how to, uh, you know, be able to present a test that would appear clean even if it wasn't so the skeptic in me would say that just you know a simple a bit of reasoning would say okay those numbers you know those stats on paper don't correspond to the reality that you would see actually on that field yeah what one and <laughs> i think one thing you can look at and i really like i have the utmost respect for these companies and i'm friends with a lot of them so i hope they understand my words behind this but a large portion of these programming companies that have athletes underneath them, a large portion of them have had athletes underneath them that have tested positive. And, you know, the fact that all these people are training together and unaware of the fact that basically, you know, one of them's doing it and not all of them are doing it. I'm not trying to blame anybody by any means, but I just think that often in that kind of pack design, a lot of people work together um, and it's what ends up happening. I mean, like, you know, just, I, the likelihood of one person in that is just the bad apple of all of them in that group is slim to none, I would say. And like, I, I'm not trying to by any means bash any of these companies, but it is an alarming amount um, of like high, high level teams that are on it. And like one of my closer friends, he and I went to college together and I'm not going to mention his name and I feel terrible saying this out loud, but both he and his wife got popped. They're both together. They both all like, and I, I, I know his another one of the teammates who was completely unaware of that they were doing it, but then both he and his wife popped and then the whole team missed their opportunity to go to the games, which super sucked. But it goes to show that in these packs that these guys are often, or guys and girls or whatever are often doing it together. And, you know, it just depends on who ends up getting tested. Um, so it sucks. Uh, and I don't know what's going to end up happening. I think people probably need to keep a closer eye on it than is actually happening. And they probably, if you want to do the best job possible is you have to start to really monitor it annually. It's probably, if you I know it's going to cost a lot of money, but if you're going to claim that this is a clean sport and the fittest people on earth, you're probably going to have to do a better job at monitoring it at a regular level. Yeah. I, I think though, the, the way, the way I look at it as with many things in life, I think we have two extremes, right? So you have people that, and, and these are the, two extremes that also all love to use Instagram. This is what you've got. So you've got every post, you're going to have almost 50% of the people just saying everyone is on, everyone's on PEDs, everyone's doing something. There's no, nobody clean in the sport. The other half are going to tell you, no, 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 no. It's only these few people that are, you know, really like Ricky Gard shouldn't be on any media because he is a bad example because he is, you know, evil man because he took this. 
And I'm somewhere in the middle where I'm like, no, I, I imagine there are some people trying their best that are doing it clean. I imagine there are some that are on this. Another thing that I think is interesting or, or almost needs to be reminded to some people is that they are performance enhancing drugs. So you need to already have a performance that can be enhanced. Like it's not that they take a magic pill and suddenly they're amazing at CrossFit. It enables them to kind of work harder, train harder, recover better. Yeah. They're still, you know, and so like Ricky can come back. He could come back clean and he could put in a great performance. Mm -hmm. If he does, absolutely. Well, I was going to say everyone. No, that 50% are going to say, well, he's either still on something or it's residual from when he was on something or he had four years when he was banned that they weren't testing him properly. And that's why. And actually, ultimately he is gonna you know he is an incredible athlete and you know hunter's point of kind of that ethical issue of i'm a great athlete i just need something to push me over the edge what's it going to be and oh and a simple kind of answer is well i could take this and that could be the thing that can just give me that extra percentage i need just to climb the ranks a little bit more yeah, but there's an edge to it. I know there was two people in my sport that I competed against or the two of them were competing. There were a couple, this was years ago, and they were not bad. They were good, but they weren't great. And then all of a sudden the next year, they were totally different looking people. They were total their physical presence, their physical, um, like, you know, the physical skills that they were showing completely changed. And obviously it's very impactful in that moment but then there's this thing where you probably have to study it deeper but i think the majority of studies would show that once you've done something like that it does leave a, it leaves a print where it's a permanent result you know anabolics are a hormone based thing and they do help with recovery but once you've built a certain amount of muscle you're able to hold a certain amount of muscle tension for that you know for the rest of your life and I think it's more important to be on it when you're trying to have the highest levels of performance, but you're always still going to have some percentage of it for the rest of your life. That's something that I, I believe in. And I don't know. Um, I think it's really tough because I think, you know, I don't blame Ricky to say he's a bad guy for the rest of his life, but I think it's going to be hard for him to come into a sport and a lot of people are going to throw cash shade at him. And even if he did incredibly well, he'll still probably catch a lot of shade because of the, um, the remaining impact that something like that can have on you for a lifetime. If you continue to train with it, even if you don't have the substance in you. So here's a question for you. Could it be then? Because many, we know many CrossFit games, athletes transitioned across from other sports previously. So yeah. you could have an athlete who could say, well, look, I've never, you know, did you take this before the regionals? No. Did you take this before the open? No. At the games? No, I've never, you know, doing CrossFit, I've never taken anything, but I have a background in wrestling and the coach was handing out stuff all the time. We were all on it. You know, they, they might not ever come out and admit that, but my, my kind of quandary there is if there is that residual effect that maybe Ricky's benefiting from, it could also be true that others are benefiting it from benefiting from it from maybe that's a, a pre cross hypothetical. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's a hypothetical. Very much. The nature of this podcast is <laughs> hypothetical. Yeah. It's, it's hypothetical. Like thinking about that's just going to keep you up at night all the time of whether or not people did something and you're never able to tell. This is something that's a certain, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to be going in and they're going to know, you know, they're going to know what he did and what kind of capabilities he has. I think a lot, like one strong suit that people should go in with is like, Hey, listen, 
I contended against this guy and was either close to him or beat him while he was on performance enhancers. I think a lot of people, my advantage mentally would be, I was like, this guy was on drugs. I can smash him when he's off him. And, you know, I'll admit Ricky guard just from doing a little bit of watching from afar. Um, I think he's a very mentally tough athlete, but those people always kind of have a very uh, big chink in their armor that they may not show. So hopefully if you guys are smart, get it under his skin mentally and just can wreck them. <laughs> that, that's so that's the, I've not said much so far. You're so right? this is, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. No, the, the, I'm a very, I'm a very forgiving person. I do believe, I strongly believe in forgiveness. Um, I strongly believe in redemption. Seems like a lot of people on Instagram don't, <laughs> um, but, but it's, it's a trust issue, isn't it? It, it, it? it becomes a trust issue. So if, if someone has, um, and I'm, I mean, Hunter, you, you'll be able to, you'll be able to speak into this because you've, you've, I mean, you spent some time in rehab and, and, and stuff like that. And, and actually like it, it does become a trust issue. So if someone has a history of doing something, then you're going to have that. If they've broken the trust in, at some point, then you're going to have the thought that they, you know, that's always going to be in your mind. They've broken, they've broken your trust. Cause the, the whole idea, and it's not just CrossFit, it's every sport you trust that people are training the same as your training because you have it goes back to the ethics you have the ethics of i'm not gonna i'm not gonna cheat because if i cheat and win you know in in my heart i haven't won in my bank balance maybe i have but you know but if in my heart i haven't actually won and you'll always know but you still trust that everyone else is training just the same as you and putting in just the same amount of effort as you with no extra enhancement you know performance enhancement but there's um, a reason why people put money in the bank and why some people rob banks people that don't want to put the hard work in they just want to take advantage of you know others because you know that's just how the way they're designed and i always go into competition with a hundred percent belief that everybody surrounding me is an ethical person until proven otherwise mm. and i've had people that have been dishonest with me and once I find that out, I call them. I've always, I've tried to kill people. I've never killed anybody, but I'm like, if I ever find out that you did do this against me, while on performance anti drugs, I'll kill you. And I don't mean that in the way of like, I would actually do it, but I'm going to give you every single benefit of the doubt until proven otherwise. And I don't think that you can't forgive people. Um, I, don't think that, I don't think that's the point of this conversation by any means. Mm. Um, so I think anybody who's in this sport and like, you know, since we're talking about it, I think I think you should just train as an independent and always believe in yourself and also believe in the community and believe in, believe in like good, the goodness of humanity until proven otherwise. Otherwise it's such like a cynical way to look at the world. Like I didn't go to the CrossFit games being like, Hey, I know there's a lot of people here who are dirty. I was like, I just have to perform my best. And if I'm lucky, I'll beat the ones that are dirty. And you know, you can't, unless all of a sudden you got a cup of pee underneath them when they go to the bathroom and you catch them in the act, like there's nothing you can really do about that. So I don't ever allow my heart or my mind to wander in that direction. Um, and I celebrate people that make mistakes and try to correct it. I think that's a really important thing. I don't think you should just like chop people down for mistakes that they made. I've made tons of my life and I will continue to make tons of my life. Um, so 
you know, I kind of live just on that. You're, you're by far the, the closest to like, say to, to be able to kind of really resonate with like, Oh, if, if I found out someone beat me because they'd been using PEDs, right. You know, none of mm. us are in that situation. The one, one thing I can say is that the sport of CrossFit is the only sport I've ever really got, you know, invested in as a fan. And one of the things that comes out is those that so passionately, passionately defend the cleanliness of the sport for want of a better description are also probably there's also equally those that vehemently kind of ostracize people like those that test positive forever no no redemption no forgiveness and what i'm just trying to understand because i've only really looked at it within the crossfit space is is like is is that typical in other sports i mean you you mentioned you know there's very little testing very little popping within kind of you know your sport hunter but I don't know enough about like, I guess cycling had a massive thing. Maybe most sports have had at some point in their history an, an issue, but are, are, is it the connection between the community and the elite sport that CrossFit has that makes it so much of a, a fiercely passionate topic or is that the case in every sport? No, do you remember like Jose Canseco and all those guys that were like setting all the records and baseball smashing it out of the park? Um, there was a group of guys in the nineties, I believe that were just crushing baseball records and everybody was so excited about it. It made baseball exciting to talk about because there was like three guys that were so juiced up that were setting records every single day. And then they all got caught and the whole world turned on them. And it's like, everybody wants to celebrate something and, and probably will. And like, if they didn't get caught and like probably found out about it privately, like just keep on giving them baseball bats and watch them smack it out of the park. But I think everybody wants to, people will quickly jump on the bandwagon and negativity just as much as positivity. They just want to be able to surround themselves in the community and like, you know, identify with a thought where in reality, it's like most people will never know what it's like to be up at the top and the amount of emotion and physicality and preparation that it takes to get to those places. And even the psychological decision that it takes to actually go through with taking performance enhancing drugs, because you're never going to be that talented not to say that you couldn't, if you didn't want to, but like, you're not that talented and you're never in that place. So you're never going to really know why. So I think probably people should look at it from that place. Like if you are sit, if you, if 90% of your time is spent in office space and, uh, and then the other 10% of your time is like going home and going to a CrossFit class three times a week, you're never going to know. You don't know what those people go through. You're never going to know what I go through. You're never going to know what the baseball players go through. So there's no point in like getting so wrapped up in it. And I understand like you can easily get emotionally involved, like even in like shows like survivor, or, like soap mm -hmm. operas, but in reality, it's, it's not your reality, <laughs> but you're putting yourself in those people's shoes and you gain so almost attachment to it. So, I mean, I that's, hope that explains. I think it does, yeah. That's where, well, that that's where I've, I had really, I, so I listened, I re-listened to, um, to your podcast with Savannah because I wanted to know sort of where, what what exactly you were saying kind of refresh myself on that today and i re-listened to the ricky garrard podcast on crossfit and let me address one topic first so where i was at where i was at earlier is there is no like i was annoyed at ricky garrard because i didn't feel like he was sorry enough and, and at that the genuinely i didn't feel like he he was sorry enough that he that he brought disrepute to the sport that I love and and follow, you know. And he spent four years out, and he's still like, um, it's like, I, I I'm sorry, 
if I, you know, it's like the sorry, I'm sorry if I offended you, or uh, I'm sorry if, I, I, I don't think he exactly said that, but it's like, I'm sorry, but I'm kind of not that actually that sorry. You know, I own it, but I don't really own it that much. And I, I, that upsets me because I, I don't think, I think he should genuinely be sorry for, for what he's done. He's not the only one who's ever tested positive, but he's kind of, he was the first one in, in the in the kind of top, the finished in top three to do it. But he cares more about his agenda and his journey than anything else involved. He does. He does. But, and, and I was thinking to myself, actually tonight, I'm going to slam him for everything that he is because, you know, what, he, why would he do that? Why should he be allowed to get away with it? Why should he be able to compete again? Why this? Why that? And actually, like, just reflecting on it while you guys have been speaking, is, it, what, what has it got to do with me? Like, what, what actually, why do I, where do I get off having a, an opinion on someone else? Like, if he'd have beat me, like, Pat Vellner could have an opinion. Do you know what I mean? Matt Fraser can have an opinion, you know, the, the people who he beat that came, you know, Pat Vellner came fourth, didn't he? And then pushed up to third because he got beat, right? So Pat Vellner can have an opinion on that because it directly impacts his, his, his life, his set of circumstances, his kind of agenda. Financials also. Yeah, everything to do with that. So he can have an opinion. I'm just a guy who likes to watch CrossFit, loves going to my gym. As you say, like the 90-10, like I spend most of my time working – I spend some time with my family and then I go down the gym because I enjoy the community and I like working out. Right. But so who am I to have an opinion on Ricky Garrard and, and what he's done and whether he should be able to compete again? The CrossFit has a set of rules. It's, you know, I, I'm not the one making the rules. I, I could comment if I want to, but who cares what I, what I think, which is kind of one of the reasons we got you on the podcast. Cause it's not a great, it's not a great conversation. Just me, Jason, Tom talking about, you know, performance enhancing drugs but I, I, I feel quite strongly about that like I I'm, and I I would have been one of the first people to go Ricky Garai's a complete knob he should never have done oh, I actually do I do think he's a bit of a knob because he should have done it like that's it's just a stupid thing to do it's unethical and you just bring disrepute upon yourself you know? I'll give you an example this is not PEDs but so at our world championship just recently I we all had to sit in this Q&A with um to like before the competition about rules. And I asked very clearly, can we be handed anything out on course drinks, anything to help us while we're going? And they're like, no. So about two or three laps in the guy who was leading the race ahead of me, he was going at such a crazy rate. He was blowing me out of the water. And I was like, wow, this guy's a mutant. Is this the next generation? Like blah, blah, blah. He was handed a pair of gloves by somebody on the backside of the course where clearly like it was very non-visible for that. He was doing it. And we got into the sled pole. So this is the third station. And I started screaming to the head judge. I was like, hey, listen, listen, uh, this guy just got handed a pair of gloves, like DQ him. And they're like, oh, we'll take care of it later. And I was like, no, don't take care of it later. Take care of it now because this guy's leading the race and he's a false rabbit that we're chasing. Like he cheated. End it now. And I don't think I'll ever trust that athlete ever again. He knew the rules. And he didn't take performance enhancing drugs, but he knew the rules. And what he did was he intentionally didn't wear gloves for the first section of the race and then got a pair of gloves where he wanted them. So it would be to his advantage. That was just a slight degree of cheating. And ever, I will always see that guy, hopefully again, and I'll always be like, you're a cheater. And he'll try to talk to me at a table. I'll be like, hey, man, do you want to have a pair of gloves to finish this conversation with you? And 
that's the reality. Like, and I think there's a lot of people who deserve to have that kind of conversation with other competitors where if they found out they were cheating and why the rest of the world gets wrapped up in it. I think it's just because people get, you know, people love to have things to be obsessed with. And, you know, I, I don't know, just to cap it off, I wish Ricky the best of luck, but I guarantee it's going to be a painful road to get there. Um, even if he does qualify, he's going to have a lot of stones throughout him by the time he gets to the CrossFit games. What I'd, um, uh, what I'd say is um, I think it's really interesting. I like you've used that example because it works with that interplay between um, talent, effort, and ethics. And I think one of the things is, and to talk about something that's not PEDs, but it's about someone being like, how much can I, you know, when everything's on the line, you know, they've got the talent, they've got the effort, but they're then like, how close to the wind can I sail with respect to ethics? And I, and I was thinking like, you know, and this is, this is not condoning PEDs in any way. Like, um, it, and this is going to make a weird, uh, maybe a weird comparison, but it's the uncommon movement clause that is used in CrossFit in that like, doing anything that it's not it's not explicitly kind of ruled out but if it's deemed to provide an unfair advantage that's the uncommon movement clause i think and there's an element there is like but what's unfair that comes down to interpretation so you know it's like I, it, it's you know if i don't get caught then it's not not a problem now to bring it back to peds ricky specifically on the podcast talked about how you know it's like he was just taking supplements and like there's my understanding and i don't have a big understanding of drug testing is it's always playing catch up um you know that the banned substance list is always evolving and things and so you know there's always an element to like you, this supplement could help you um it may come up on a drug test but it shouldn't right and one person's interpretation of that could be different to someone else's someone be like well that's sailing close to the wind to maximize the outcome based on ethics effort and talent um and and i guess yeah then and he has said what I did was wrong, but I don't think at the time he thought it was wrong. Um, and there's that interpretation. So my final kind of comment on, on this would be any games, any sporting body, let's say CrossFit specifically right now, CrossFit games specifically right now is, is controlling drug testing. It's doing the legislation. It's handing, it's doing the testing. It's handing out the bans, but is there an element that it needs to do more about education, ensuring that everyone has that same interpretation of what fair is, what is, what what what's the expectation right and so that's a a bit of a you know a a, a, a long-winded question education is an important factor but it's just like i mean dude none of these people are walking around with the iq of a chimpanzee like it's pretty simple <laughs> and like also listen you know what really you know was a nail in the coffin for ricky and his entire team was the fact that his brother got mm -hmm. popped like a couple <laughs> months later i was like you guys are such dumb like don't even make you make this so hard to want to like you. <laughs> it was from the same store as well. Like literally the same supplements. Yeah. I like, was like, come on, dude. How like, stupid I, can you be? I know. Like <laughs> caught with your caught red handed. Like I was just like, you just, you could not have put yourself in a worse position. Like you guys just, and listen, I've been doing sports for a long time. And I think if you actually care about what you're doing, you put a little bit of thought into it. Like I read books all the time on this stuff. And it's pretty simple. Like I don't really eat many things or uh, that are just clearly going to put myself at risk. I'd much rather drink a 30 pack of booze than a supplement that I don't trust really well. And I don't really don't, I don't not trust supplements very much. Like I don't have a, I'm not scared at all. I will buy every supplement from GMC and I don't think I'm going to piss dirty because I think this 
the supposed, oh, I had a tainted supplement thing. I'm like, how do you have like 5% body fat and more muscle mass than any other girl on the planet? And you by accident took a tainted supplement. Like the fact that so many people are getting caught up in that. Quit lying to yourself. Quit lying to us. It just really just doesn't happen. These companies have, or like if you're taking like, you know, Black Thunder 10,000 and it's not from any kind of major distributor, maybe be a little bit aware of it. <laughs> but when you're buying things like Optimum Nutrition, like as a very clearly professional brand, BPN is another professional brand that has all these certifications under it. Like if it's even a factor of a risk, you're not going to take it. You're not going to catch the best people that have tons of sponsorships and lots of cash behind them, entire teams behind them getting caught up in this stuff because they're not morons. And like, it's, it's just really simple. All I take is electrolytes. Uh, I take electrolytes. I take vasodilators like, um, like, you know, beets and um, beta alanine. Like there's like very certain specific ingredients that you can take. And I don't take like mega pump 5,000 billion thump master. Like if you take that and it's got like proprietary blend in it and it doesn't tell you all the ingredients, maybe don't touch it. Maybe don't touch it. And if it comes in a needle, don't touch it. <laughs> and like, if you have like, have like some kind of like special rare tincture that you have to put underneath your tongue and it has like, it's come from Yugoslavia. Don't touch it. Like SARMs is a sublingual under the tongue thing that all these guys keep on getting popped for. I'm like, if I saw one person get popped for that, and I care so much about this sport, why would you still continue to take something that's in the same window of like that kind of drug? Why? Why would you even risk it? Yeah. Uh, like, and of course, we have made sure that Hunter will provide a sample for this podcast. So Sam will be in charge of getting that tested. Mm -hmm. And we'll no, let you know that it's true what he said. Bottle? No, it, it, yeah. it's... If you want my very lukewarm take on, on everything that's just been said <laughs> from from sam tom and you hunter um i agree that i think the only person that can really have an issue with ricky is pat Velner. for everybody else everything shook out so you know everyone was bumped up their rank went up they got you know they got exactly what they would have got whether he was there or not the only person that lost out on anything was pat Velner not actually getting to be on the podium in front of his friends and family and kind of have that moment to, to shine yes he he got you know he got his medal he got the position he got the prize money but something was taken from him that cannot be given back he can you know he can be bitter about that the the argument that like yeah but ricky was the first one uh you know to make the podium that popped i would say it's not for lack of trying on anybody else that got popped it's just <laughs> they just even though they were on the the pds weren't good enough so <laughs> that seems like kind of a weird argument because it's sort of like just because he's better, he should be punished more. No, I, I don't buy that. I think everyone, you know, across the board. I like Sam's point about loss of trust. And this is where I think the discussion now is very interesting is because you lose trust. You have to regain that. You have to earn that trust back. He's been banned for four years. He hasn't had an opportunity to compete clean, to prove that he's clean. Like, But he's getting pushed forward so much at the moment in the spotlight and people are angry and he hasn't even been, you know, Hunter saying it's going to be a hard road. He hasn't even like gotten on the road and he's already having people, you know, tear him down. Give him a little bit of time and see if he either earns your trust back or disappoints you. Uh, and I think Tom's thing about the community, I imagine within other sports, people love their sport. They love their team, especially if it's a team, you can kind of be annoyed at one person. Um, but 
you know, that one guy on that team annoyed me, but the rest of the team are still heroes. Whereas with CrossFit, that it's more individualized, mm. you know, you can be disappointed. What will be interesting is somebody who is so quick to judge and not ready to forgive Ricky, who was really framed as a villain, even in that documentary, which was a little bit, you know, <laughs> a, a little bit underhanded maybe from CrossFit on that, on that side of things. But what happens when it's your favorite athlete, the one you absolutely love, and they get popped and then they come back? Are you going to be willing to forgive them? But that's why Matt Fraser was never, ever, ever, ever. He was never even going to get, like, they say, oh, we investigated. Like, realistically, like, again, it goes down to trust. Like, do I trust that? They knew that Matt Fraser was going to be, like, the face of CrossFit. They knew, they knew that because he'd lost out to Fronin two times and then he got his first one and then he got his second one and they were like this guy's on it now you know and uh, do you want that as crossfit do you want do you want to pull that out do you want to bring disrepute to the guy who's just won two in a row who's probably going to win the loads in a row there's definitely a, a humongous pr it'd be a pr nightmare if any of those guys got in trouble be a PR nightmare. And and there's there's the element of where like the the brand interplays with the sport and things like that, right? Um, but that's all hypothesis, like so um, you know, there's there's that. Well, I, I, a simple solution there. So I mean as you mentioned that CrossFit obviously are in control of all yeah. of this, is you yeah. outsource it. Yeah. You don't take control of that. You have a, an independent body that does all yeah. the testing, and then no one can say you're you know you're massaging the results or anything like that because you have yeah. no control over the results. Yeah, there's they're a, not gonna do that though. <laughs> no, well, no. That, that's the interesting thing because my understanding is at the Olympics, obviously, you have all of the different sport, like the different sports and governing bodies, and they're not in control of their own testing of like the boxing isn't in control of the testing of the boxers. It's the Olympic Committee that do all the testing, and they're essentially like one removed. Yeah. So it, you know, in CrossFit, you they should have yeah. somebody else who does all the testing and all the stuff because then it's transparent you know, you know no... like at school when you had to do a test and then your teacher was too lazy to mark it so they'd make you swap with the person sat next yeah. to you and you'd have to mark each other what we need to do is maybe get ocr to test crossfit crossfit can test ocr <laughs> and then we can just we just walk yeah. away there's not enough there's there's not enough money in our sport everyone's so broke they can yeah. barely afford a protein jug <laughs> uh well i think uh now jason first of all i'm very impressed you managed to address every kind of strain of this conversation for the last 40 minutes in your uh, in your response there unless there's anything else that's uh, burning that people want to want to add to this topic um hunter i hope you know you know it's good to have you kind of chat with us on this topic i uh, hope it gave you a chance to kind of share some of your thoughts more openly um i'm going to be um bias here and say i feel it's been a good conversation i've not typically heard kind of any other podcast talks at length and openly um on it and i think maybe that's what it needs more of right is is less cloak and dagger and more kind of honesty about about the situation but hunter as i said i hope i hope thanks for kind of joining us for that and i hope you found it a chance to kind of share your thoughts yeah it was a real pleasure guys i had an absolutely amazing time and uh i hope any and all athletes that are listening to this um just challenge themselves as hard as possible and uh try not to take on the risk of maybe losing it all just for the opportunity to win it all because i think once you take that fall uh, it's very hard to get back up again. And I look forward to see Ricky doing a really great job or anybody else who decides to return after that kind of trouble, because I've certainly made my ver my own version of that. So 
Um, best of luck to all you guys. Ah, brilliant. Jason, do you want to sign us off with that shout out? Yeah. So of course, who, who are we going to be shouting out today? Well, it's, it's basically a return of a shout out because um, we were featured a, a few weeks ago as of this coming out on um, Pete from uh, Coffee Pods and Wads. He does his Sunday socials where he, he tags in a few accounts to follow. He kindly suggested that people uh, come follow us. And a few people even did. Maybe some of them are even listening to this. Who knows? Stranger things have happened. But it would you know, be unfair of us not to return the favor. Uh, I'm amazed if there is somebody that listens to us that doesn't listen to Coffee Pods and Wads. But if you're that person, go check out Peter at Coffee Pods and Wads. Awesome. Okay. And thanks again, Hunter. Um, you know, it's, it's been fantastic. If, if you're not already kind of uh, following Hunter, do make sure you kind of give him a follow. The link will be in the uh, um, the description. And obviously you can follow us as usual, but definitely follow Hunter. He's a lot more entertaining as he has been on this podcast and the last episode as well. So Jason, Sam, see you next week. Hunter, thank you again. Appreciate it, guys.